This is Adam Rappa, and you're listening to Behind the Note Podcast with Chris Davis. You're listening to Behind the Note Podcast, brought to you by a musician for musicians. Here, you will get advice toward a successful music career. This show is made to educate, inspire, motivate, and empower. Now, here is your host, Chris Davis. Hello, thank you for pressing play today. This is episode 35, and we have a great show for you once again. Now, today's show is all about this. What can happen when you abandon your fears and you go get your dreams? Number two, what happens when you care for the, for the work that you do and you put your whole self into it? You care for your craft and you, and you pay attention to detail. What happens when you do that? Number three, people will see your work. They will see your love for what you do and they'll appreciate your work. And then they'll learn to appreciate you, too. I'm going to give you a scripture that says in Proverbs 18, 16, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. And for myself, I have experienced that in my life. And have you ever had a dream, maybe when you were a child, when you when you didn't really understand limits? That was probably a good thing. And you say, hey, I want to perform in such and such a hall or, or I want to perform with this superstar. Well, have you done it yet? Because if you haven't, I'm telling you that you absolutely can. You absolutely can see those things come to pass. I'm telling you from experience. But today's guest is somebody who put fear behind him. And he actually created a job from nothing. And today he's doing what he loves to do. So that's why I have him here today. He has a unique way of telling stories, but it's him. So I want you to go ahead and listen to our guest today, which is Mr. Grant Niregal. Thank you, Grant, so much for joining us on the show. We are glad to have you in the studio. I cannot tell you how happy I am to be here. I'm very happy to be here, as a matter of fact. So I met Grant on a gig. I, I used to direct a big band called Southland Jazz Ensemble, and that's where I met Grant the first time officially he was checking for that, for that gig. And that was a rainy, rainy, rainy night. Rainy night. Everybody was late because of the rain. Yeah, it was band real, and it was bad. audience. Yeah. yeah, it was a really bad weather day. And little did I know at that time we'd be sitting here today. So I ran into Grant. Maybe almost a month ago now. Yeah, Reggie's uh, Rock House. Reggie's Rock House in Chicago. Similar situation. And who were you playing with that night? Chip. Chip. I can't say. <laughs> Ethan Farmer. There you and, go. And Chip. I can't say Chip's last name. Sharon. I can't say it. Sh- it's easy. I just sh- can't say sh- it. Can we edit this? Sharon? No, his name wasn't Sharon. Sharon. No, yeah, it wasn't uh, Sharon. <laughs> both really great bass players. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was a double bass gig. It was amazing. It was great. Yeah, and I actually uh, was actually I got involved with that because, as I mentioned to you, you're like, "What are you doing here?" I'm like, "Well, I got uh, involved because um, get PJ, close to the mic." PJ Groove yeah. had um, had me involved with that because I was running drum backline for Dio and Chips drummer. You know, I threw threw the kit up there for him. That's all I did. You know, and it was just one of those things I throw as a blessing. You know, from sometimes and I just wanted to do it. Yeah, so that's that's kind of how we got together. And so now let's tell the audience what you actually do. 
and, and which is the reason why I wanted Grant to join us today because he told me his story. I actually looked at him and I, and I was thinking this is two times in a row I see this man doing this job and I'm thinking this is an odd job to have. He must have, he, he had to make this up for himself. So w- tell us what you do first. What do you do? Okay, well, I, I, I do kind of a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Uh, about 2009, um, when I was married, uh, the economy tanked and my wife lost her job. So, you know, I've always had this faith that, uh, hey, I, I've, I've always wanted to have my own drum shop. And, you know, I'm, I'm a man of faith, so I could, I, can, I could cleanly say that God gave me the vision. You know, and what ended up happening was um, I saw a bench and I saw that bench in my garage and it was clear as I'm looking at you or at this microphone and it was gone. And so what I did was I acted on that. Now, most people think, okay, so you, you, you saw something that wasn't there. How's that working for you? Well, I'm going to tell you exactly how it's working for me. I called Dan Cirillo, who was at Guitar Center in Country Club Hills, and I said, Dan, I said, I'm, going to, um, I'm going to start a uh, drum repair shop. It's something I've always wanted to do. He's like, oh, my gosh, thank you. I got D- Dan, I haven't done anything yet. He's like, no, but I got a client for you. I'm like, who you got? He's like, Apostolic Church you got. He's like, you ever heard of Brazier? I'm like, not drawing any bell. And he's just like, trust me, it's a big church. And I'm like, okay. You know. So All right, he, now I have to interrupt mm-hmm. because we have listeners from multiple countries and everybody doesn't know what that means so we have to explain what 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 does that really mean and who who is brazier all right bishop brazier uh was it was he passed unfortunately and uh he's with the lord now um was one of the most well-respected ministers in chicago i mean he built neighborhoods he made things happen for the communities um he got involved you know he made a movement as I understand it, um, so his church as it's 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 I think it's more classified as a well-known church out of respect than being a excuse me a mega church, you know because mega churches can be you know ten thousand seated arenas and that kind of thing. I've been to his church and it's not it's not like that, but there's a presence and I've been even been to the church on off and on doing work and I they'd have a service and I I would see the people and. When you walk into a room, it's kind of like that. You know, it's like you feel the energy of the spirit or the person or whatnot. So, does that help? Yes, it really helps. So, okay. you, I'm so sorry, you, everybody around the world. I mean, <laughs> no, well, well, we just wanted to, we want everyone to understand that this is a person of influence in the community, and in, in this case, a pastor of a church mm-hmm. where many people, tens of thousands of people, right. meet on a regular basis. Virtually, probably more than that because of their broadcast. Correct. Okay. So, I didn't want to interrupt, but I had to make had to make that clear. And you, I'm sorry, but you told me you told me part of this story before, mm-hmm. and you kind of skipped one thing that I wanted the people to hear. Okay. Well, when you when you had that that vision originally, mm-hmm. what what did you tell your wife, and what was her response to you? <laughs> I hope she's not listening to this. Okay. Well, it went like this. So I'm laying in bed. And I'm saying, God, you know, I really just want to have this business, and everything's in your time, so I'm cool. Whenever it happens, it's going to happen. Bam, vision happens. Well, I nudge my wife, who turned around, and I was like, honey, uh, I, think, I think I'm supposed to start a, a drum company. I don't care. Just go back to sleep. So she dismissed it immediately. So I had to act on that, like I said. So I was like, all right, fine. So I got up and went through all the motions, as I mentioned. 
and it just it just came to it came to fruition so quickly because I literally went from a vision to building that bench, to starting that account, to starting the business account and getting the ink, and then going to Dan, and then going to Brazier, doing that job which he didn't believe was the same drum set when I brought it back. Okay, so tell that story because I interrupted okay, well, sorry. you. No, oh, sorry, that's okay. Yeah. So I meet Keo Williams. One of the best guys you're ever going to... To know him is to love him. He gives me this uh, Gretsch re- Maple Renown, and it's, it's pretty hammered up. And he goes, you think you could do it? And I looked him in the eye, and I said, Keo, I'm not going to lie to you on two, two things. He's like, what's that? I said, number one, if you don't like it, you ain't paying for it. And I said, and two, you're not going to recognize it when I get it back. And sure enough, he didn't recognize it when I got it back. So we debated a little bit because he was in doubt of that. So... I proved it to him and showed him markings on the drum set that he identified with. He's like, wow, invoice me. It ended up, I get a phone call from a couple days later. And he's got this, like, he, he didn't sound himself. I said, is everything okay? And he's just like, Grant, he goes, uh, my boss, who's Brazier's son, came in here and just asked me a pointed question. When was I authorized to buy a brand new set of drums? I said, so that's a good thing? He's like, oh, that's a very good thing. I need you back here. I got six kits behind it. And my next kit behind that was a 1975 Sonor, commonly known as Sonar. Just one of those things where I did it, did my work on it, and got the thing pro-tuned and, and, and fixed all the scuffs in it and that kind of thing. And I remember some short time later, I was walking through my living room, and I was walking through the house, you know, one eye open, hair out to the left and stuff. Kind of looked like Kramer. And um, I ended up walking past my television, and something caught my eye because it was a big screen uh, t- TV, and I looked over, and I it was a it was a apostolic service, and I'm like, huh? So I kind of stood back, and I was like, wow, this is kind of cool. I noticed it was that drum set that I had worked on, but when I had gone to the auditorium a week or so prior, it was a pearl kit. I'm like, I can't imagine why they'd switch out kits. Well, it ended up I found out from Keel when I had mentioned that to him the next time we talked. He's like, dude, he goes, your work was so well received on that drum set that they wanted to make it the sanctuary kit again because it's rosewood it's rosewood sanctuary it's it's got rosewood look in the kit I'm like, well there you go and i don't even know what to say to this stuff i mean my craft is something that's been given to me and i am going with what i know and i'm the kind of guy to look you in the eye and say i know how to do this but if i don't i'll find somebody who does because i don't want to say no to you because of the hope and the and and the history, it's like it's like you with your horn. What if your horn? What if your favorite horn went down, and you're trying to find a guy like me to fix it? I'm in that position right now. <laughs> okay, my case in point. So what's wrong with your horn? Oh man, it's old. Okay, and there are just holes in it, and I have it plugged up, and the new one opens up. Okay, that's that's the situation. Okay, well, I'm kind of that same guy too. People have a history with their horns. People have a history with their drums and their instruments. Stephen Stiles was another one. He brought me, and, and I mean, I got photos on my Facebook page. Um, if you want to inquire about that, I'm, I guess there's a way to be able to touch base with me through that. This well, sure, we'll, we can put we can link to your Facebook page. Sure, so people can can find you. Yeah, you know, go to go to the from photos. The show notes here. Look at yeah. those. I mean, you'll see a, a history from like 2009 on up. And you might even recognize a lot of the drummers' names in there. There's uh, Dwayne Dale Bradford, there's Anthony Capers, there's Wild Douglas, there's Kahari Parker, 
there is Cedric Crouch from Who Texts for um, Mary J. Blige. And, uh, you know, there's all kinds of drummers. And I've taken them one at a time, case on case. But the thing is, I've never advertised. It's just kind of been all word of mouth. Word of mouth. So that you kind of answered my question. I was going to ask, how are you able to to get clients? So it started from from you calling your friend to say, hey, I had this vision. I'm going to be a, a tech. Is that what you said? No, I, wanted, were, were I told him I was going to be a drum, drum. I was going to open up a drum shop. I'm going to open up a drum shop. And then he said, hey, I got work for you. Right. And from there, it ended up being, hey, we like your work. Here's some more work. Mm-hmm. And then the name, the, the, the name of my company, One Fine Tune, just got on the street, you know, because a lot of drummers, and I, it was one of those gut things. It's like in business, you got to take a chance because you just don't know what the, what, the economy, what the economy holds in it, okay? And don't get me wrong, I was scared. I was about to ask you if you, if you were afraid. Yeah. But there was a piece. I was nervous, but there was a piece because I wanted to do it, and since I laid it in God's lap and took it out of mine, when I made the exec, when I made the executive decision to act on it, I felt peace. And you know, somebody who doesn't have faith, first of all, you will someday through something. Okay, hopefully it's this podcast. However, um, the faith that's that that's been instilled in me was was a piece that I was like, wow, I'm going to do this, and. I didn't push the envelope, you know, I didn't pry around. That What were the odds of me calling Dan up and just saying, hey, I'm just going to start a drum shop? He could have been like, okay, okay, that's cool, buddy. But no. It was like, bing. Not only did I get my first client, but it was like one of the most renowned, well-respected churches in Chicagoland. You can't screw something like that up. So your friend must have seen, he must have known your talent and your ability he his response was, "I have somebody for you. I'm glad that you decided to do this." Yes, and he because he wanted to do it, but he couldn't. And it, it wasn't. He, in fact, at the end of the day, when I told him what I did, he was like, "I couldn't have done that." I am so ex- extraordinarily humbled to be able to do what I do, to give the results I give. I'm not going to lie to you. Some of it I cannot explain. It just it just happens, and I do it every day. So I guess the question is how how do you develop these relationships to to keep steady work, you know, keep the clients. It's been peaks and valleys, you know, because I don't advertise, I'm actually quite afraid to advertise. And, and, and for a guy like me, I can think of three radio markets right now to advertise on, but I don't do it. And the reason is because I don't have any employees, which allows me to keep my rates really, really rock bottom. I prorate everything. So this is for the record. You've got a drum set. And depending on the, the internal or external damage to the drum set, my rate's $40 an hour. Okay. But I'll look at that drum set knowing automatically I've calculated in my head how long it's going to take me to do each. I could probably say that my goal was to basically be able to deliver that kit customized, which is usually expensive to customize, but give you a custom kit for the half price of a new kit. Just to lay some numbers out there. I'm basically in the five to six hundred dollar range per kit, and that could be anywhere from like a five to seven piece. I also want to be able to bless people to be able to work with their budget too. So I'm not going to nickel and dime, just because it's got to get done. I I have a gazillion extra parts of like tension rods, hoops, um, castings, things like that, stuff that you can't even go out and buy anymore. I'll just put it on the drum and say, don't worry about it. Again, no nickel and diming. It's it's part of the blessing. 
it amazes me how that stuff actually shows back up in my stock twofold. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just kind of how it works. And um, so Stephen was happy. Um, and I don't want to bore everybody about stories about me, 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 but these are stories no, this, about... This is it, about you today. It, it's because of what it is, is, is. Yeah. You know, and I've come to... I, one, I'd like to back up to like the beginning just real quick. I did my research in Chicago to find out if anybody was out there like me doing this. And yes, there are people who can tune a snare drum and there are people who can, you know, um, you know, rehead a bass drum or something like that for a drum line. But, you know, I wanted to go into the pro tuning aspect of things. In fact, drummers who I've been knocking out left and right with a, with a method of tuning that I do, which I can't tell you because I'd have to kill myself. But it's been a method of tuning that's just, it seems to be wowing people. And, and, and I, 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 you know, just my thing, but it works and it's become very popular. So like a secret sauce type of tuning. Usually, like, I, I can't even think of how many churches, Chris, that I've, I've been to in Chicago. I've lost count. I've lost count of the names. Um, you know, I started at the top of the heap with that apostolic because not because it was a big church, but because it's the first one I did, you know, but, um. Any drummer who hears this broadcast is going to know who I'm talking about. because And, and I cannot believe how well-knit this community of rhythmists are, rhythmatists, I should say, are. Um, whether they be folk, jazz, blues, rock, gospel, hip-hop, whatever. You know, or one guy that can play it all, you know, like Kahari Parker. I mean, that guy's phenomenal. Did I tell you about Kahari Parker? Tell me about Kahari Parker. Tell you about Kahari Please. Parker. <laughs> all right, Kahari, this one's for you. Um, I met Kahari, uh, briefly at a guitar center, um, thing that he was doing there and it was a clinic. So I, I want to hear this story, but again, want to be informative. Who, who is Kahari Parker? Kahari Parker is probably one of the, um, better drummers like that people are after to get to play with some George Benson. Uh, he plays for George Benson. He also plays for Jeffrey Osborne at this time. I believe he was on America's Got Talent. I mean, don't quote me on that. But it was one of those, you know, talent shows. And that was his break, if I remember correctly. And I also I also know he used to work with Destiny's Child while they were still yep, together and, Child. and popular and working. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's just been all over the map. I mean, I, I only know those two only because those are kind of the ones that he's mentioned as of late, you know. But um, he works with a, a gentleman named Dale. Um, who forgive me, I don't know his last name, um, but they play up at this little watering hole, which I just love that about him. He's organic, you know, and it's just a little, it's a little organic gig than him and this guy, Dale on guitar, and he flips bass players around. Um, and I forgive me, I don't remember the bass players' names, but they were just, it's a trio of sickness. Okay. It's just, it's, <laughs> it's, it's like, it's I like understand. watching Stevie, Stevie, Stevie Vai versus, I don't know, pick a really good guitarist you know who's good like that you know they just melt the room and people are just like huh it, it, it's a bar it's just a yeah. small little restaurant bar it's not a it's not a hole in the ground it's a respectable little place but wow so you make a hurry at the guitar center i met him at the guitar center and uh dan i believe introduced me to him dan cirillo from guitar center country club hills introduced me to him and said uh hey car you got to know this guy you know so me and kahari ended up chatting gave him my number he called me like two years later and I was in this uh, parking lot at Starbucks in Homewood and uh, my phone rings I'm just like oh, 
So this is got a seven seven three number. So oh. I go one fine tune. This is Grant. He goes, hey Grant, this is Kahari Parker. This Kahari who? He goes, Kahari Parker. I said, the Kahari Parker. He's like, yeah. I go, Kahari Parker. I met two years ago, Kahari Parker. He's like, yeah. I go, hold on a sec. I put my phone in my chest. I go, and I look up at the sky. I go, really? Thank you. So what's up, Kahari? And it ended up Kahari had an ozone symbol that Sabian gave him in in his endorsement. And what ended up happening was it cracked. So cutting it was not an option at the time because uh, I do have a symbol cutting division as well. Um, there I said it. <laughs> and a painting division, there I said it. So if anybody wants painting, symbol cutting, um, on top of anything else that I offer, um, I can need some cut shells down, um, make toms, fast toms, and so forth. Um, but he basically he was going to L.A. to do a session, and he wanted this ozone to have the sound that his other one did. But it didn't have rivets in it yet. So I took it, lined it up, and I saw that the holes were off center. I thought this would be very peculiar. So I took a picture of it and I shot it over to Kahari. And he's like, wow. He goes, man, he goes, man, that was my favorite symbol. He goes, do you think, what, do you, what do you think you could do? I said, Kahari, I said, I'm going to take this symbol and I'm going to eyeball it. I'm going to remeasure it. I'm going to basically put those rivets as if they were installed by Sabian, but my version. And I did. And he came by my house. He sees the symbol over the floor, Tom. And, he, and he's wowed by the kit because he never saw uh, this particular ber- version of Yamaha drums before. It was, um, it was a Yamaha Birch Custom Nouveau, but it was embossed silver. And it's a very, 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 very expensive hard color to find, if you could f- even find it anymore. It's definitely a collector's item. So I go, well, there's your symbol, bud. Go get it. You know, and he sits down. He played for me for like 15 minutes. And I was just sitting back in my AZ chair, you know, just like, what do yeah, just enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, I was basically trying to figure out where I left the gasoline can because I was going to burn the kit after that because I just wanted to quit. <laughs> yeah. A lot of drummers come up to me and tell me that. So he lays on it. He's just like, man, he goes, this thing sounds better than the other one. And the relationship was started there. I've worked on his uh, 15-inch Manhattans, which even George Benson made note of that he told me. You know, And I, I don't pry for any of this information. This just kind of comes at me. And I happened to be standing in, in a circle of uh, me, him, and another gentleman. He's like talking about the symbols. Or the guy was asking him about the symbols. He's like, oh, yeah. He goes, he goes that's an interesting triangle pattern. And, and Kahari goes, oh, well, Grant did that. Because when Kahari brought me the symbols originally. And this is, here's an example of, of, of some of the common sense I try to use when it comes to balancing things out, especially rivets on a bottom hi-hat. There's nothing wrong with doing it. it you will get an effect out of it. It won't be the same as a top effect hat because it, it just alters it differently depending on what alloy it is. He says, Grant, I want to put three rivets in the bottom high hat of this Manhattan, this 15 Manhattan. And I said, okay. I go, what do you want to put? He goes, well, I want to put them right next to each other down here. I said, yeah, I'm not going to do that. He said, what do you mean you're not going to do that? I said, because it wouldn't make any sense. He said, what do you mean? Well, for all the drummers that know what a cup is, it's what the symbol lays on on the hi-hat stand. And you have a little screw down there that angles it. I go, so what happens if you're doing a groove, and I've actually seen drummers of all kinds playing their hats, but when they hit them, sometimes they move in a circular motion, top and bottom, depending on how hard they're laying into them. I go, you're not going to get the same effect. You want evenness. He's like, well, what do you suggest? I said, I'm going to suggest a triangle. Like I said, George Benson had made mention of it to him on a gig, and that's pretty much where that went. So 
I've also been blessed to be able to tech Kahari as well on my own personal drums um, when he's been in session and not been able to make it. So um, this is almost like Kahari radio right now. I'm <laughs> no, talking okay. about something else. Well, no, well, <laughs> it's, it's good because we get to learn about what you do, which mm-hmm. is which is really good. And the point that I wanted to to make is number one, you had a a dream and you acted on it. Yes. And once you acted on it, even though you you had some fear, you still acted. Yes. And uh, the next part is that you made it public. Mm-hmm. You 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 called your friend on the phone. You said, "Hey, this is what I had a vision of. I want, I'm going to do this. I'm right. going to do this." When you when you made it public, then things started to happen for you. You said, "Hey, I got somebody for you." Right. And you didn't know that was going to happen. No. But I that's did not. that's what happens when you act on on your dreams. Mm-hmm. Especially in a niche industry. And I a mean, very niche very industry. Very niche industry. How many people need what what you do? Now, we, we're using you as an example here, mm-hmm. but everybody can learn from this story. This is why I wanted to have you here. Um, what would you say to the person who also wants to start on their dream, whatever that is? So they might not be in your profession exactly, but they have a dream that they want to act on. I think there's a parallel here. There is a parallel. What would you say to that person? My gift came from my creator, God. If that person has no faith, that's not to say that they can't succeed, but it probably won't be the same. This is pretty bold, and I'm not afraid to say it because, you know, I stand behind what stood behind me all these years and, and, and the things that I've witnessed, and I don't really care who thinks what I say about it. I'm going to speak my mind and speak it free. If you don't rely on God for the beginning of your vision, you can go ahead and do it, but you'll probably fall short down the road. I have literally laid every, I lay every day on God's lap with this company. I don't wake up going, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this. I don't. I, I always say to God in prayer, in your time and in your day, make it so. And Chris, I can't explain it. It's like the phone will ring. Now, it's not ringing off the hook, but that's probably a good thing. But I can't explain that when it rings, the things that are coming across my bench, and it's consistent, you know. <laughs> I'm laughing because I totally understand. You and, 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 uh, By experience. So I, I know what you mean. I hear the kids coming in. I think we're going to have to call it an episode right now. And uh, thank you so much, Grant. We appreciate you. I appreciate you, too. Thank you so much. And if anybody wants to reach me, I'm at 708-733-4274. And I have a website, www.thenumberonefinetune.com. And there is a Facebook link on the top right-hand side there for the uh, Facebook page of One Fine Tune. But you can also type in facebook.com forward slash one fine tune and that'll get you in there as well all right thank you thank you grant all right thank you so much for pressing play on episode 35 and just to recap this show is really all about through the stories it's really all about what happens when you abandon your fears you go get your dreams you don't listen to the doubts but you continue to work on your craft you grind you grind and you grind some more and you work some more and when you do that you find yourself in the presence of great men. The only way you won't reach your goals is if you quit. It's really that simple. I have personally never seen someone continue to work and not reach their goal. But here's the thing. You, you work and you're in it. 
you're in it and then you 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 feel like man i'm never going to reach this how long is this going to take but don't let that discourage you don't give up because we're counting on you there's nobody in the world that can do what you do the way you do it so we're counting on you thanks again hey we're trying to reach 100 reviews on itunes so please uh go ahead and review the show please and if you're driving right now if you're running just tell siri to remind you when you get home all right please thank you so much and we'll catch you in the next episode god bless you